This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door to us for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, we ate and drank in your company, and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west and from the north and the south and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. That Gospel passage is Luke 13, 22 to 30. I hope you will really spend time with it this week. The Gospel writer reminds us at the beginning of the passage that Jesus, in this part of Luke, is on his extended journey toward Jerusalem, where he will ultimately enter into his passion, death, and resurrection. The Gospel writer says that Jesus passes through many towns and villages and affirms what Jesus' primary activity is at this point. He teaches people. Jesus, if I pass out the written exams right now, I expect 100% of people at St. Patrick Parish will get this question right. What is the central theme of all of Jesus's teaching? It is the kingdom of God. I think most of us get this around here. The kingdom of God, Jesus announces, is the final stage of humanity. Jesus, the Son of God, launches, inaugurates the kingdom of God by coming to this planet. The kingdom of God is, begins on this planet partially, and it becomes full, complete, and eternal in heaven. Anybody who hears Jesus's word, everybody who hears Jesus's word, is invited to become part of this kingdom of God. You become part of the kingdom of God by making the free choice to put Jesus at the center of your life 2,000 years ago or till the end of time and following him as Lord and master. By living as his disciple, I can become part of the kingdom of God. Jesus gives an image in the passage we just heard that very much affirms what's given to us by the prophets, including Isaiah in this morning's first reading. Ultimately, the kingdom of God is like a gigantic eternal feast with people from every time and place part of it. Not every person from every time and place, but people from every time and place, united with God at a great feast and everybody else who's there. That is heaven. That's eternal life, the fullness of the kingdom. Jesus teaches over and over and over again that you are given admission to eternal life by him. When each of us dies or when he returns at the end of time to bring human history to its completion, he, Jesus, is our judge. He judges us based on how we choose to freely live his love or not live his love. 
He teaches over and over and over again that there is a real possibility of hell, which is his affirming eternally our free choices to reject living his love on this planet. The kingdom of God is eternal salvation. Salvation meaning he wants us, he invites us to be ultimately free, eternally free from everything that separates us from God, everything that separates us from one another, sin, and obviously death. So if you believe that, if you even want to believe it, if you even just hear it and listen to him, there should be a question which sooner or later, which someone asks him in today's gospel passage, Lord, are only a few people saved? If there is this possibility of eternal life, but if you're only admitted to it, if you do choose to live his love, if he's the judge, are only a few people saved? Because look around the world, you don't have to pretend to be judgmental of other people. Lots and lots of people on this planet clearly, measurably, are living God's love. They're really putting it into practice. Look at this city. It is so clear how many people are sacrificially living the love of Jesus Christ. I hope everyone's going to heaven who's doing that. I am not their judge, but it's clear they are doing this. And look around this world. Look around this church. Look in the mirror. There are many people who hear the teaching of Jesus, who know it's the truth, and freely choose to reject it. So are only a few people saved? Please spend as much time as you can with that passage this week. I'll give you three main points that jump out to me, Jesus' response to that question. Point number one, if the question is asked in terms of numbers or percentages of how many people go to heaven, Jesus never answers that question. You're sitting around Thanksgiving dinner, you're thinking about your mother-in-law, really, Lord, are only a few people, I hope, saved. He never answers it. Imagine if he did give a number. Many of us would spend the rest of our lives trying to figure out how that works. Imagine if he gave a percentage. I mean, it would really change the way we live our lives. So if you're looking for that answer in terms of numbers percentage, it's never going to come. He never gives it. And he chooses not to give it. He chooses to have us live in that mystery. There are certain non-Catholic Christians, particularly in this country, who actually believe only a certain percentage of people are admitted to heaven, and they even have the streets kind of marked out by household. That is crazy. Imagine if you start thinking that way. He gives us the mystery to live in, in terms of numbers percentage. Point number two, Jesus does directly answer the question. So interestingly to me, he answers it with a warning if you're asking, if you're wondering, which is totally fine, are only a few people saved, the warning is, ultimately, that the image he gives is the master of a house. And you find out as this goes on that it's Jesus. The master of the house locks the door. He's locking the door after an eternal judgment. Heaven is heaven, hell is hell. You, he says, so I'm taking this seriously about myself. If you're asking this question about how many people go to heaven, whether you go to heaven, you are going to be outside. You're going to be knocking on the door. You're going to be saying, Lord, let us in. You ate at our, we ate with you in your company. You taught on our streets. Just being associated with Jesus, even being at table fellowship with Jesus, having him teach in our streets, which is what he's doing when he answers this question, that does not mean you become part of heaven. The master of the house says, 
I don't know where you're from. He can only not know where they're from because he doesn't know them. Twice he says this, and then finally he says, I'm confident this is the key line, depart from me, all you evildoers. You take this warning. If you are doing evil, you will not become part of the kingdom of heaven. This is realistically possible. If you are doing evil, you are choosing to back away from Jesus, which he will affirm eternally if that's what you choose. There are plenty of us in this community who are doing really serious evil, really doing terrible evil in our families and in this community. If you recognize that about yourself, that you are doing evil and you want to go to heaven, stop now, stop now, stop now. There are plenty of us in this and every Christian community who are doing evil with which I'm comfortable. You know, my evil is not like Vladimir Putin evil. It's not like John Driscoll evil, certainly. It's just acceptable evil. It's this much evil, but there's so much good in my life. It is evil that doesn't affect anybody else, really. It's my private evil. It's the evil that really you do not know, Lorraine, what I am doing. It's just a little evil. And certainly God, I mean, John, off to hell. God would never judge me negatively, eternally for the evil I'm doing. I mean, John, yes, me, absolutely not. This is nonsense. Every single bit of that is nonsense, including John going to hell. We don't have the record on that yet. It is nonsense. Whatever evil you're doing, stop it today. You want to go to heaven? Stop it. It's a warning from Jesus who wants you to go to heaven even more than you do. Third point, which is, I think, the drive to action and entirely encouraging, is Jesus in response to that question, Lord, are only a few people saved, says, strive to enter through the narrow gate. In Jesus' time and place, in plenty of parts of this world today, you can have a city or a town or a property where there is a wide gate or door, and then there's a narrow gate or door. We have it on plenty of properties around here. The narrow gate is to restrict access, to make it more difficult to enter. You have to struggle often to get through the narrow gate. Jesus says, if you are wondering about how many people go to heaven, about whether you go to heaven, strive to enter through the narrow gate into the kingdom. That verb strive in Greek is struggle, battle, throw all of your energies in, work to conquer, work to win. St. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6, strive, same verb, fight to win the good fight of faith. I think I've got that basically right. Fight, fight, fight. You have to struggle, you have to struggle to live Jesus' love. Being a Christian is not all about struggling, thank God, but it inevitably involves struggle. We are limited people. We are sinful people. We are lazy people. We live, particularly in this part of the United States, in a culture that mocks every single thing, basically, that Jesus teaches. That doesn't make it easy. We have leaders in our church. We have leaders who identify themselves as Catholic in this country who work morning, noon, and night to 
defeat the truth of Jesus, and they continue to identify themselves as devout Catholics. That doesn't make it easy to be a practicing Catholic. It is a struggle very often to live our faith. Jesus says, if you want to go to heaven, struggle. Enter into the struggle and do it. Let me conclude with a note. A note is, there are many authentic Christians, including, thank God, in this community. There are many people who really are struggling, and they are successfully struggling to live the truth of Jesus Christ. And some of those people say at certain points, I'm struggling, there's something really wrong with me. I'm failing at this. I'm really struggling to understand this teaching of Jesus. I'm really struggling to accept this teaching of Jesus. I'm actually struggling to put this or that teaching into practice. I'm really struggling to do this. I really just, there's something really wrong with me. If you are actually, in fact, struggling to put the teaching of Jesus Christ into practice, if you actually are doing that, you're doing exactly what he tells you to do to get to heaven. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.